Act Two, Part One of Peg of My Heart by J. Hartley Manners. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Act Two The Rebellion of Peg. Scene A Month Afterwards, a July Evening. At rise of curtain, Peg is discovered lying on couch, left center, intently reading a large, handsomely bound volume. Jarvis noiselessly shows in Brent, who is an automobile garb, light overcoat on, cap in hand, and exits. Brent puts coat and cap on window seat, moves down left center near couch, sees Peg, and looks down at her as he takes gloves off. He bangs gloves on hand. Peg looks up meeting Brent's admiring gaze. Brent comes down right of couch. It must be absorbing. Peg shuts book and moves into sitting position. She is then seen to be charmingly gowned, her hair dressed a la mode. What's the book? Peg puts her hands over the title and looks at him distrustfully. Brent walks round couch, sits beside Peg, smiling appreciatingly at her. Peg jumps up and stands defiantly, her eyes flashing angrily. Oh, you mustn't be angry, child. Points to book. What is it? Something forbidden? Leering. Show me. Holds out his hand. Peg smacks it. Peg crosses right to rear corner of piano, puts book under piano cover, and phrases Brent. Aha! A hiding place! Now you make me really curious. Let me look at it. Goes to her. Peg stands at bay, ready to defend the identity of the book. I love spirit. Why, what a wonderful change in a month! You'd most certainly not be sent to the kitchen now. Pause. He sits on arm of armchair, right. Do you know you've grown into the most attractive young woman? Peg ejaculates. Oh, you really are delightful when you're angry. And you are angry, aren't you? And with me? Oh, I'm sorry I offended you. Let us kiss and be friends. He takes her left hand, and as he bends near her, she gives him a resounding box on the ears. Brent gives a muffled ejaculation and tries to take her in his arms. Enter Ethel left. Peg, panting with anger, glares at him, then rushes straight out through the arch right upper. Brent follows her to right upper, swings round, sees Ethel, stops, then goes to her with outstretched hand and comes down to right in front of table. Why, my dear Ethel! Ethel, ignoring his hand, comes to center. Why does she run away? Brent to center, smiling easily and confidently. I'd surprised one of her secrets and she flew into a temper. Did you see her strike me? Secrets? Yes. Here we are. Goes to right of piano turns up piano cover, takes out book, opens it, reads, The Love Stories of the World To Peg From Jerry! Jerry! Oh-ho! No wonder she didn't want me to see it. Puts it back and covers it up. Jerry, eh? Goes to Ethel. So that's how the land lies, romantic little child. To Ethel. Now, Ethel, I... Ethel, looking steadily at him. Why didn't you go after her? Nodding in the direction in which Peg ran. Ethel! She's new and has all the virtues. I assure you... You needn't. If there's one thing I'm convinced of, it's your assurance. Cross is right. Really, Ethel... Ethel going right and sitting in armchair. Were you carried away again? 
Do you think? Yes, I do. Brent, hunting for an explanation. I, I, I don't know what to say. Better say nothing. Brent Center. Surely you're not jealous of a child? Ethel slowly. No, I don't think it's jealousy. Then what is it? Ethel looking scornfully at him. Disgust. Shrugs her shoulders contemptuously. Now I understand why the kitchen is sometimes the rival of the drawing room. The love of change. Brent crosses left center and turns back. This is not worthy of you. That is what rankles. It isn't. You're not. Brent coming back. Ethel! Ethel seated right center. If that ever happened again, I should have to amputate you. Pause. He turns up to window seat for coat. Chris. He turns. Come here. Brent comes back to her. She smiles. My nerves have been tried this past month. Poor Ethel. Pause. Put a mongrel into a kennel of thoroughbreds, and they'll either destroy the intruder or be in a condition of unsettled, irritating intolerance. Pause. That's exactly my condition. Pause. I'm unsettled, irritable, intolerant. Brent crosses to Ethel. Then I came in time. Ethel smiles as she looks straight through him. So did I. Didn't I? Don't. Please don't. Crosses left, turns away. Very well. I won't. Pause. He turns to her again. I'm sorry, Chris. Pause. She looks up at him. A month ago it wouldn't have mattered. Just now, it did. I'd rather look forward to seeing you. It's been horrible here. It's been a month of misery for me, too. But I'm going away. Out of it. Tomorrow. Are you? Where? Brent, taking stage to left center. Norway, Moscow, Siberia. Oh, the cold places. Going alone? Brent crosses right, bending over Ethel. Yes. Unless someone goes with me. Naturally. Will you go? Ethel rises. I wish I'd been here when you called, instead of that brat. Brent turns away to table. Good God. One doesn't mind an equal so much, but that? Brent crossing to left. This is unbearable. Ethel crossing to center. Your wife all over again, eh? Brent coming down left of table to Ethel center. No, I place you far above her, above all petty suspicion and carping narrowness. I value you as a woman of understanding. Ethel meaningly. I am. From what you've told me about your wife, she is too. Brent turns away distractedly. Don't treat me like this. What shall I do? He looks at her. Apologize? That's odd. I've been waiting for yours. Crosses to piano. Oh. Moves restlessly away to uplift center. Alaric hurries in from left. Hello. I am. Shakes hands with Brent. Disturbing you? Not at all, no. The angel wife all right? Very well, thank you. And the darling child? Quite well, thank you. Splendid. Crossing to Ethel at back of table. Seen Margaret? Ethel nods in direction of garden. Out there. Mater wants her. Got to have a family meeting about her. Mater will be here in a minute. To Brent. 
just the family hurries out through right upper brent hurries to ethel at back of table i'm at the hotel i'll be there until morning send me a message will you i'll wait up all night for one will you ethel at piano right perhaps chris oh i'm sorry if anything i've said or done has hurt you don't say any more oh if you only ethel checks him as door left opens and mrs chichester enters maid comes downstairs at same moment opening right curtain how do you do at left centre bowing to brent turns to maid ethel sits right centre when did you see my niece last brent to window seat gets cap and coat not this hour ma'am tell jarvis to search the gardens yes ma'am starts towards arch right mrs chichester comes to left of table centre tell jarvis maid stops to search the stables yes ma'am starts right again tell jarvis maid stops to look up and down the road yes ma'am exit arch right upper brent comes down left of mrs chichester mrs chichester turning to brent forgive me mr brent i'm sorry not at all i'm just leaving crosses left bows to her shakes hands oh you needn't brent going towards door left i'm going abroad tomorrow i just wanted to say good-bye i trust you and mrs brent will have a very pleasant trip thank you passes out left alaric re-enters through right upper ethel sits armchair right not a sign of margaret anywhere comes down right fanning himself with his handkerchief this cannot go on sits left of table alaric sits right of table i should think not indeed mr hawkes writes that he will call to-morrow for his first report seated left of table what am i to tell him alaric right of table what will you jarvis and maid enter right upper and cross slowly to left am i to tell him that every tutor i have engaged for her has resigned that no maid will stay with her am i to tell him that serve her jolly well right if you did eh ethel it would i've searched everywhere ma'am not a sign of her not in the stables nor up or down the road and the dog's missing pet no not pet miss she's gnawing a bone on the lawn the other michael that will do Ectuent jarvis and maid left where is she heaven knows if only i could throw the whole business up wish to goodness we could but the monthly check will be useful to-morrow mater let's get the little beggar another month of it let her off lightly this time and the moment the lawyer-bird's gone red o' the riot act, pull her up with a jerk, ride her on the curb, and no rot. Suddenly through the open window comes the sound of two dogs barking furiously and snapping at each other. Dog fight. Pet! Jumps up and hurries through arch right upper. Alaric and Mrs. Chichester go to window's center. Margaret! Alaric, up at window center, lifting the curtain. And the mongrel she's urging him on. The terrier's got pet now. Calling. A fight him, old girl. Maul him. Whoa there. Pet's down. There's Ethel on the scene. Go and separate them. Not me. I'll talk to him. Stop it. Stop it now, then. I tell you. Ethel can handle them. I hate the little boots. All hair and teeth. Coming down right can't understand women coddling those little masses of snarling smelly wool the sound stops ethel enters flushed and angry soothing the ruffled pet 
she goes down to couch a little later peg enters with the victorious michael in her arms she has a roguish look of triumph in her eyes she too is flushed and excited and follows ethel to bench mrs chichester angrily take that animal out of the room peg goes over to write come on ethel let him finish it take that dog out of the room peg turns and walks out into the garden mrs chichester comes to front of table and lets her get some distance away margaret margaret pause come here do you hear me peg outside without moving can michael come in you come in and leave that brute outside pause at once comes down into centre peg leaves michael outside arch upper right and comes down to mrs chichester i think it's the silliest thing this class distinction between dogs where have you been alaric comes down to armchair right peg down right down to the seashore and why i wanted to give michael a swim the tide was high but he wouldn't go in you took michael down to the seashore in that dress peg looks down at it no he wasn't in this dress look at your hair all over your eyes what do you think will become of you i have hopes of heaven like all the catholics mrs chichester despairingly to alaric and ethel i give it up crosses to couch and sits beside ethel i should say so is it that you don't wish to improve is it that i tell you what i think it is i think gets chair left of table brings it down and sits centre there's a devil inside me some place and every now and again he pops out a devil peg demurely yes aunt how dare you use such a word to me i didn't i used it to myself i don't know whether there's a devil in you or not i don't think there is to-morrow mr hawkes will call for his first report on you peg laughs suddenly and then checks herself and why did you do that i just had a picture of what you're going to tell him your manners are abominable yes aunt what am i to tell mr hawkes i tell him the truth and shame the devil i would oh you don't wish to remain here sometimes i do sometimes i don't don't i do everything possible for you yes you do everything possible to me what for me singing for me why do you constantly disobey me i suppose it's the original sin in me what alaric sitting on armchair right oh i say you know original sin <laughs> i never know whether he's laughing or coughing catches mrs chichester's eye and stops whenever i did anything wilful or disturbing at home my father always said to me now peg that is the original sin in ye and you're not to be punished because you can't help it and then he used to punish himself for what i did and when i saw how it hurt him i wouldn't do it any more now i think that was a grand way to raise a daughter and i did have an idea that an aunt might be very successful if she tried to raise a niece that way mrs chichester looks at her you see if you were to punish yourself for what i do mrs chichester stares at her i might be sorry but then of course i might not and that would be very hard on you you see i can't tell about myself your father must have been a very bad influence on you peg hotly my father's the best man in all the world margaret peg sullenly looking down there was never a man on earth as good as my father 
If more girls had fathers born to them as good as my father, there'd be less trouble in this world. Haven't I told you never to contradict me? Well, you contradict me all the time. It's not fair if it doesn't work both ways. Margaret! I want to tell you, I'd have a much sweeter disposition if you wouldn't talk against my father. Really, Margaret? I don't mind scolding. That has no effect on me, whatever. Margaret! I'm surprised at you, I am. You know I'm mad about my father, and you should respect my feelings about him. I respect your feelings about Alaric, don't I? Alaric rises and goes round back to left. Stop! I'd like to know who would have fed and clothed me all these years. Stop! It makes me furious when you talk against my father. Stop! Peg opens her mouth to begin again. Stop! All right, I've stopped. Rises, puts chair back, and goes round to right of table center. I'll wipe out the whole of the Chichester family the next time you talk against my father, and that's my last word. Mrs. Chichester to Ethel. Oh, it's hopeless. Rises to center. If I consent to take charge of you for another period, will you promise you will do your best to show some advancement during the next month? Peg, center, level with her. Yes, Aunt. Mrs. Chichester, center. And if I get fresh tutors for you, will you try to keep them? Yes, I will. Mrs. Chichester to Alaric, who has gone round back during foregoing, and is now seated on bench by Ethel. What do you think? We might risk it, eh, Ethel? Don't ask me. Very well. Begin now. Get your books. Jarvis enters. Yes, Aunt. Hurriedly gets three books from piano and comes back to table center. Mrs. Chichester to Jarvis. Well? A letter for Miss Chichester. Hands it to Ethel. By hand, Miss. No answer. Ethel takes it unconcernedly, opens it, and reads. Jarvis towards door left. Peg slams book. Mrs. Chichester starts. Oh! I beg your pardon. It slipped out of my fist. Fist? Peg calls. Jarvis, Michael's outside. He's had a fight. I'd be very obliged if you put him to bed for me, please. Yes, miss. Exit through right upper. That's a nice boy, Jarvis. Boy, Ethel. Mrs. Chichester, left of table center. Who's that from, Ethel? Ethel, rising. Mr. Brent. Peg listens. What on earth does he want? He wants me to do something for him. Do something? Yes, I'll answer it here. Crosses over to writing desk, sits, and writes. Mrs. Chichester to Peg. Margaret, now study for a little while, and do try to keep your hair out of your eyes. Business with curls. Yes, Aunt. Come, Ulrich. Alaric rises and crosses to left of table. Mrs. Chichester goes out left. Alaric to Peg. Original sin, eh? That's a good one. I knew you would be the one to think it was good. Study all the pity maps. Leans over her. What's the population of Turkey? There's going to be one less in England one day. Picks up book, grimaces, and looks threateningly at him. Alaric starts back. Little devil. He's talking at me now. The little devil hates knowledge. He always tries to stop me getting any of it. Ha <laughs> ha. Glances across at Ethel. Study your cousin. Model yourself on Ethel. Imitate her, eh, what? Hurries to door. Peg runs after him with book. Exit left as she almost throws book at him. As Peg turns back from door, he pops his head back into room and laughs. Little devil. Peg goes for him again, but he shuts door again in time and escapes. Peg goes to table and sits watching Ethel, who finishes her note, takes cigarette and lights match. Imitating Ethel, Peg...
Peg puts down her book, takes cigarette, and lights match, though sees Peg imitating her, gives impatient ejaculation, throws unlighted cigarette on ashtray, and blows out match. Peg, still imitating her, does same. Ethel rising. Why do you watch me? Peg rising. Aren't you my model? Mischievously. To front of table, Ethel turns away angrily and starts upstairs. Peg goes to her. Ethel, I was only fooling. I was trying to have some fun. I was only trying to make you laugh. I want to talk to you. Ethel going up two stairs. You were told to study. Peg comes to Newell Post. Pause. You know we are both girls in the same house of the same family, pretty much of the same age, and you've never said a kind word to me since I've been here. You like your dog better than me, don't ye? Ethel fondles pet. I'm sorry Michael hurt him. It was my fault. I set him on to do it. Ethel, coming down to foot of stairs, turns to her. You? Peg, at post back of table, nods. I thought it was a rabbit at a distance. If a dog has got to be a dog, it should be made to look like a dog. Ye'd know that Michael was a dog. Ethel turns upstairs again. Ethel, I don't want to talk about dogs. Won't you make friends with me? I want to ask you something. Ethel goes up to third stair. We have nothing in common. That doesn't prevent us being decent to each other. Ethel, pause. Decent? I'll meet you three-quarters of the way if you'll only show one generous feeling toward me. Pause. Ye would if you knew what it was in my mind. Ethel goes to foot of stairs. You're a strange creature. Peg, crossing to right center. You've got us mixed up. I'm not the strange one. I'm just what I am. I don't want to be anything else, but you, all of ye, are trying to be something different from what you are. Ethel left of table. What do you mean? Peg by armchair right of table. I watch ye and listen to ye. You turn your face to the world as much as to say, Aren't I the easy-going, sweet-tempered, calm young lady? And you're not quite that, are ye? What am I? Sits left of table. Peg sits right of table. Of course, you've got the breeding and the beautiful manners, but up in your head and down in your heart you worry your soul all the time. And ye have a temper, and it's a beautiful temper. It's a shame for ye not to let it out in the daylight so that everyone can see it. But ye can't, can ye? Because it's not good form. And with all your fine advantages you're not very happy, are ye? Ethel turns her head away and down. Are ye, dear? Ethel, slowly. No. I'm not. Neither am I in this house. Pause. Couldn't we try to comfort each other? Crosses to Ethel at table. Comfort? You? Sure, a kindly impulse gives you a warm feeling around the heart, so they say, and you'd have it if you'd only be a little kind to me. Ethel rises, moved in spite of herself. I'm afraid I have been a little inconsiderate. You have. What would you like me to do? I'd like you to speak to me as if I were a human being and not a cod of earth. Very well, Margaret. I will. Peg Center. Thank you very much. Ethel moves to go. Peg moves up, too. Ethel, I'd very much like to ask you something else. Ethel turning back. What is it? Comes back to left of table. Peg close to Ethel. Do you know anything about love? Ethel astonished. Love? Have ye ever been in love? Ethel puts letters slowly behind her back. No. Have ye ever thought about it? Yes. Peg turns to Ethel eagerly. What do you think about it? Rot. Comes down to front of bench, looks at letter. Peg following her down. Rot, is it? Ethel sits on bench. Sentimental nonsense that exists only in novels. Peg excitedly. You're wrong. It's the most wonderful thing in the world. 
to love a good man who loves you, a man who made your hot and cold burnin' like fire one minute and freezin' like ice the next, who made your heart leap with happiness when he came near ye and ache with sorrow when he went away from ye. Haven't ye ever felt that? Never. Oh, it's mighty disturbin', so it is. Sits beside Ethel. One day you walk on air and the next your feet are like lead. One day the world's all beautiful with the flowers and sweet music and sunshine, and the next day it's all coffins and corpses. Shaking her head. It's mighty disturbing, so it is. How do you know all this? Peg hurriedly. I read about it in a great big book. When you're a little older, you'll think differently. You'll realize it's all very primitive. Primitive? Of the earth? Earthy? Peg suddenly. Don't you like men? Not much. Peg right end of couch. Just dogs? Ethel left end of couch. You can trust them. Caresses pet. I like dogs too, but I like children very much better. Suddenly. Wouldn't you like to have a child of your own? Ethel horrified. Really, Margaret? Well, I would, and that's the woman in us. You only fondle that thing. Pointing to Pet. Because you haven't got a chick to call your own. All the selfish women have dogs. And they're afraid to have children. I like dogs, too. They're all very well in their way, but sure, you can't laugh to you and cry to you and comfort ye like a baby can. Points to Pet. You know, that thing could never be President of the United States. But if you had a child, he might grow up to be the president. That's very Irish. It's very human, too. I wish you were a little more Irish. I think we'd get along better, I do. Ethel rises and crosses center. It is not customary for girls to talk about such things. I know it isn't, and I can't understand why you shouldn't discuss events of national importance. I know it's not customary. We think about them. Why can't we talk about them? If there was more honesty in the world, there would be less sin. Please, Margaret. Turning. Peg rises and crosses to Ethel's center. Now let us be honest with each other. What do you mean? You like Mr. Brent, don't ye? Ethel instinctively puts letter behind her back. Certainly I do. He's a very old friend of the family. He has a wife. He has? He has a baby. Well? Of course I've never seen them. He never brings them along with him when he calls on you. But you'd know he had him if you ever heard Alaric ask after them. What of that? Is it customary for English husbands with babies to kiss other women? Ethel turns on her. Well, let us say to kiss other women's hands. Ethel, pause, checks her anger. It is a very old and very respected custom. Devil doubt it, but it's old. I'm not so sure about the respect. Why doesn't he kiss my aunt when he comes to this house? Oh, you don't understand. Crosses to foot of stairs. I know I don't, but I'm trying to. Ethel at foot of stairs. I suppose it is too much to expect that a child of the common people should understand the customs of decent people. Why should the common people have all the decency, and why should the aristocracy have none of the decency? Ethel goes to stairs and up two steps. Peg at foot of stairs looks at her. Don't get mad. I didn't mean it. I've heard my father say that in one of his speeches, and it came to my tongue first thing. Ethel, up third stair indignantly. Oh, be good enough never to speak to me again as long as you're in this house. Enter Jarvis. If I had my way, you'd leave it this moment. As it is, as it is. Looks at letter, pegged to front of table. Jarvis left, shows in Jerry who is in evening dress, light summer overcoat, and Hamburg hat. Ethel shakes hands with Jerry. How do you do? Excuse me just a moment. Wait, Jarvis. Goes to writing desk, tears envelope open, 
adds a postscript addresses another envelope and seals it the moment jerry enters peg's face lights up she gives him her hand well and how is miss peg oh i'm fine mr jerry how are you let me take your hat and coat no thank you i'm not going to stay peg sent her disappointedly you're not jerry sent her is your aunt in yes are you calling on her yes ethel rises hands a letter to jarvis send that please exit jarvis jerry center bringing ethel into the scene i've come to ask your mother if she would let you both come to a dance tonight across at the assembly rooms i'm sorry i can't go i have a headache turns and crosses left to door jerry left center what a pity do you suppose your mother would allow miss margaret to go ethel stops and turns i'll ask her goes to door left peg impulsively runs to her in undertone i didn't mean to hurt ye ethel goes out left peg comes back ruefully and sits on couch after which jerry puts hat and coat on chair left of table jerry center what's the matter peg sits back of couch i tell you one of us girls has been brought up all wrong i tried to make friends with her but only made her hoppin' mad as i make everybody else in this house the minute i open my mouth away they go aren't you friends no we're not none of them are with me what a shame wait until you hear me aunt when you ask her about the dance don't you think she will let you go no i know she won't let me go i know that the question is are we going determinedly rises and goes to him i want to go to that dance jerry why peg peg left i do want to go to that dance i'm crazy mad to go to that dance jerry shakes his head we'll ask your aunt i know we will we'll ask her tomorrow no we'll ask her tonight don't let's take any chances i do want to go to that dance jerry no peg no well if you think i'm going to let a dance get by me you're very much mistaken when the lights are all out and they're all asleep i'll creep down the stairs and meet you at the foot of the path and if it goes against your tender conscience to take me i'll take you and that's how we'll settle that <laughs> but there may not be any occasion to do any such wild foolish thing your aunt may be delighted my aunt doesn't know how to spell that jerry sits on table center looking at books are these your books how are your studies progressing the way they always have they're standing still i can't see the sense of learning the heights of a lot of mountains i'm never going to climb and i want to tell you i'm surprised at my aunt allowing me to read about the doings of those dead kings i think charles the second was a devil they made history did they well they ought to have been ashamed of themselves i don't care how high mont blanc is i don't care when william the conqueror landed in england oh nonsense and i tell ye i hate your english history it makes all my irish blood boil so it does what is england do you know what it is it's a bit of a country that's trampling down a fine race like ours that's what my father says and that's how my father says it with his fist and nobody ever contradicts him either <laughs> is it fair to your aunt peg sullenly i don't know is it fair to yourself that sounds like my aunt that does you'll be at such a disadvantage by and by with other girls with half your intelligence just because they know the things you refuse to learn then you'll be ashamed are you ashamed of me not a bit you're not ashamed of me are ye of course not then everything's all right then what's the matter goes to piano and sits on stool i was just the same at your age crosses to armchair right i used to scamp at school and shirk at college until i found myself so far behind fellows i despised 
that I was ashamed. Then I went after them tooth and nail until I caught them up and passed them. Kneels on chair right center. Peg eagerly. Did you now? I did. I'm going to do that too. Will you? Peg nods vigorously. From now on, I'm going to learn everything they teach me, if it kills me. I wish you would. And after I know more than anybody else in all the world ever knew, are you going to be very proud of me? Wistfully. Jerry, kneeling on armchair right. Very. Even more than I am now. Are you proud of me now? Yes, Peg. Proud to think that you're my friend. Faith, that's not news. I know very well that we're friends. I am yours. Sure, I guess I'm you yours, all right. Looks at him, laughs shyly, presses her cheeks. Did you ever hear what Thomas More wrote about friendship? No. Peg excitedly. Would you like to hear what Tom Moore wrote about friendship? Yes. See if anybody's common. Jerry crosses to stairs and listens. Peg starts playing. Jerry crosses to armchair right center. Oh-ho, so you play. Peg nods laughingly. A little bit. My father taught me, but my aunt can't bear it. Do you know what my teacher here told me? She said I should do this. Play scale. For two years. I should do that before I played a tune. I told her I played by ear. She said I had no ear. Jerry looking at her ears. I think they're very pretty. Do ye? I do. Well, you watch them, and then you won't mind my singing. Come on over in Jarvis's high chair. Jerry crosses to chair below piano. Peg smiles up at him. About a girl, this is, who built a shrine, and she thought the best thing in the world to put in it was an image of friendship. Yes. Yes, you see, she was like you. She thought there was nothing in the world as nice as friendship. Yes. Yes, and this is what happened to her. Laughs a little elfish laugh, and then croons softly. She flew to a sculptor who sat down before her oh, friendship. The fairest his heart could invent. But so cold and so dull that this youthful adorer saw plainly that was not the friendship she meant. Oh, never, she cried, could I think of enshrining an image whose looks are so joyless and dim. But yon little Cupid midst roses reclining will make, if you please, sir, a friendship of him. A friendship of Cupid. Jerry looks at the statuette. Peg nods, smiling, and excitedly sings. Farewell, said the sculptor, sure you're not the first maiden who came but for friendship and took away love. Jerry amazed. Where in the world did you learn that? My father taught me that. Tom Moore's my father's prayer book. Jerry rises and crosses center. Who came but for friendship and took away love. Peg on piano stool. Isn't that beautiful? Is there anything better than friendship between man and woman? Of course there is. Crosses right center, nods, goes to him. My father felt it toward my mother or I wouldn't be here now. Could you ever feel it, Peg? Peg nods. I wish I'd studied. I'd be more worthy of. Crosses left center, suddenly breaking off. Jerry center turns to her. Peg covering up what is in her mind and on her tongue. I'm just an Irish nothing. Don't say that. Yet I'm sure there is something good in me, but the bad little something always beats the good little something out, so it does. What you call the bad in you is just the cry of youth that resents being curbed. And the good in you is the woman struggling for an outlet. Will ye help me to give it an outlet, Mr. Jerry? Yes, in every way in my power. Peg roguishly. Well, would you mind very much if the bad little something had just one more spurt before I killed it altogether? What do you mean? 
I want to go to the dance. It's the last bad thing I'll ask you to let me do. I'll behave like a saint from heaven after that. I'll die happy if I can waltz around the floor with you. Pleading, dances up to him and waltzes round him to right. Enter left Mrs. Chichester, who looks at Peg in horrified amazement. Oh, what does this mean? Left center. Jerry, crossing to Mrs. Chichester. I want you to do something that will make the child very happy. Will you allow her to go to a dance at the assembly rooms tonight? Certainly not. I'm surprised at your asking such a thing. Peg sits armchair right center. I could have told you that backwards. Jerry straightening up. I asked Ethel as well, but she can't go as she's got a headache. I thought you might be pleased at giving your niece a little pleasure. Go to a dance? Unchaperoned? My mother and sisters will be there. Mrs. Chichester crossing him to center. A child of her age? Peg vehemently. A child of my age? My father lets me go any place I want to ever since I was six. You can't raise the Irish on a lot of books. It's never been done. They'll die on your hands, they will. I'm crazy mad to go to that dance. No, Margaret. I'll study my head off in the morning if you'll let me dance my feet off a little bit tonight. No. Peg pleadingly. I'll ask you on my bended knee. Please let me go to the dance. No, Margaret, no. All right, I give you fair warning. I'm going to the dance. Mrs. Chichester to Jerry. It was very good of you to trouble to come over. Forgive me if I seem ungracious, but it's quite out of the question. Peg winks at Jerry behind Mrs. Chichester's back and rises. Jerry gets hat and coat from armchair left of table. I'm sorry. Shakes hands with Mrs. Chichester. Mrs. Chichester, sitter. Kindly remember me to your mother and sisters. With pleasure. Good night. Goes to door left. Good night, Mr. Jerry. Pantomimes Jerry that she will be down to meet him and go to the dance after they're all in bed. Mrs. Chichester looking round and seeing her making signs, Peg pretends to be catching a fly. Exit Jerry. Mrs. Chichester left. What do you mean by twirling around in that disgraceful way? Are you ever going to learn how to behave? Peg Center. Yes, Aunt. I'm never going to annoy you after tonight. I'm going to work very hard, too, after tonight. Don't you see what a disadvantage I'd be at with other girls of half my age and half my intelligence? I'm going after them tooth and nail, and I'll catch them up and pass them, and then he'll be proud of me, he will. What? You'll be proud of me, I said you will. What is all this? It's what I'm going to do, after tonight. Well, I'm very glad to hear it. I knew you would be, and I'll never be any trouble to ye, after tonight. I hope you will be of the same opinion in the morning. I hope so, too. Do you mind very much if I sit up for an hour? What? Study, I mean. Mrs. Chichester crosses to piano. Study just one hour. That will be very nice. Peg goes to back of table, sits, and opens Atlas. Are you going to bed now? Yes. Everybody in the house going to bed now? Yes, everybody. Shuts piano, goes up and closes windows, turns off hall lamp. That's good. Sing song. Man, dear, I remember when coming home the rain began. I wrapped my frieze coat round her, and devil a waistcoat had I on. My shirt was rather fine drawn, but oh, the false and cruel one, for oh, that she's gone and left me here far to die. Where on earth did you hear a song like that? That's a fine song, that is. My father's best song, an Irish song, that is. 
I should think it was. Closes curtains. It has twenty-two verses. Mrs. Chichester comes down left of Peg. Has it, indeed? Yes, I know them all, too. Sings again. Man, dear, did you never know of pretty Molly Brannigan? Faith, and she has left me, and I'll never be a man again. Now, now, don't make any noise. That's not a noise. That's my best singing. That's very discouraging to a young singer. Good night, Margaret. Oh, and if you would only keep your hair out of your eyes. Well, why don't you let me wear one of your fishnets? Mrs. Chichester goes upstairs saying, Fishnets. Peg calling. Oh, Aunt. Yes? Do you remember I said I had to be getting back home? Well, I've changed my mind. I'd like to stay here another month, please. Mrs. Chichester, top of stairs. Well, we'll talk it over with Mr. Hawks in the morning. Warning. Yes, Aunt. Good night, Margaret. God bless you. Exit Mrs. Chichester. Business. Sings. The left side of my carcass is as weak as water, cruel man. There's not a pick upon my bones since Molly's proved so cruel, man. And if I had a blunder gun, I'd go and fight a duel, man. Tis better I should shoot myself than live here to die. Ethel enters goes upstairs and exits without a word as peg sings i'm cool and determined as any alexander man will ye come to my wake when i go the long meander man hello ethel mimics ethel how do you do margaret i'm studying for an hour turning leaves of atlas i'm trying to find england pause good night ethel Good night, Margaret, dear. Sleep tight, Ethel. Oh, that's all right, Margaret. Don't mention it, Ethel. Mimics Alaric. What's the population of Turkey? You little devil. Study all the pretty maps and model yourself on Ethel. Sit down like Ethel. Noise with mouth. Goes up center and pulls curtains open. Clock strikes nine. I wonder if he's coming back. Comes down and sits chair right of table mimics mrs chichester and jerry go to the dance unchaperoned oh no not unchaperoned my mother and sisters will be there eh what 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 go to a dance a child of her age margaret i'm surprised no sir no dance not until she's eighty curtain falls for about ten seconds as soon as the curtain is down, start music under stage. End of Act Two, Part One.